You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors, the scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable. That's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle. I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. See him in the garden, praying to his father in greatest sorrow. Amen. 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 Let before Pilate. Then crucify him. But he rose on Easter Sunday morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. He died to save us. And now he lives forever. Amen. Amen. Welcoming Nancy Kane. She's Program Director of Caritas Center for Christian Formation, also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Good to be with you guys. Tell us about the series we're going to do over the next four weeks as we start to zoom in on what's happening. We're just going to talk about spiritual disciplines, why Christians should be implementing them in their lives and how they can significantly help us all in learning how to become more like Jesus and being formed into his presence. Well, that's what we're all about around here, so th- this is excellent. Although, I'm sure Janelle's nervous because when she hears discipline, she thinks... Yeah, man, I'm in trouble. Like, you're going to punish her. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I think that's often how we see discipline, as we see it as something painful and something to be avoided at all costs. But I think of, of a classic pianist who wants to, who got there only by constant discipline. Like, it's, it's rare to find someone who suddenly can walk to a keyboard and play um, a Rachmaninoff piece, you know, with excellence. It, it came from a lot of days of practice, practice, practice. And that's really what we're talking about here is disciplines into godliness, ways that we can um, implement in our lives that we can learn to, to become and practice um, the ways of living in godliness. And I, I love your connection to music on that because it, it, it connects deeply to my soul in that I remember that practice was painful until I found my instrument that I loved. And then mm. the discipline of practice was actually a joy. And I think mm. that's kind of what you're getting at here, right? It's not supposed to be boring and painful. No, exactly. And, and really what we're talking about is when we talk about becoming like Jesus, we need to live as he lived. And so he practiced spiritual disciplines not as a, um, oh, I'm going to be um, practice solitude right now, but we see pretty consistently that he went off by himself for prayer and solitude. Well, why did he do that? So we need to think about that and, and implement that into our own lives. So as we begin to like un- unpack what spiritual disciplines are, I know we're going to be spending time over the next few weeks on each of them, but um, so 
Where do we find these in scripture and, and what are they and all that? Mm-hmm. So we, we see various um, scripture um, mandates. We see First um, uh, Timothy 4, 7 talks about disciplines are a real sense of exercising unto godliness. Paul talks about pommeling our bodies. Um, we see Jesus, like I said, going off into times of solitude. We see him, um, he grew up in the, in the temple. So we see him showing us the discipline of, of study and scripture memorization and meditation. Um, so we see a variety of things um, in scripture. And I think, again, um, the mandate for us is watching closely what Jesus did and becoming like him in that. Now, somebody new to the faith might hear that and go, wow, I know it sounds good, but it sounds boring. <laughs> Am I destined to be bored the rest of my life, Nancy? <laughs> well, I think it's it's actually, as I was thinking about this this morning in terms of being with you guys, spiritual disciplines have been really key in my life to help me get rid of the things that are not um, redemptive in my life, character qualities, um, personality attributes, things that maybe in the flesh would be fine, but when it comes to comparing myself to becoming like Jesus, no, uh, not even close. And so I think we need to reframe it from, is this going to be fun to, what is it in my character that needs to be redeemed, and how can spiritual practices that I can put in place provide an open space for for Christ to work in that and uh, change me? Interesting, yeah, because, you know, character qualities that need to be redeemed. There's so many believers who are like, well, I've been saved for like 20 years, Nancy, and I'm doing great. <laughs> like, I'm not breaking those Ten Commandments. I love. I go to church. Hello. I have my quiet time. I'm a greeter at church. <laughs> right. What do you mean, well, character? And it, <laughs> and, it, and it goes to that whole notion that why would we think that we could become um, perfected in the spiritual life if we only open up our Bibles once a week and go to church. I mean, it's not, that's not going to make it. And I think in my own life, speaking of character qualities, there is, and I talked about this in the program, but there was a time period where I thought it was, I actually prided myself that it, it was great to be a rebel and um, that it was actually kind of cool. And I would um, talk to students about, you know, oh, the SLG guy, you know, it's not, like, it's not all that. Like, we have, we go to the beat of our own drummer. And then the Lord really convicted me and showed me Philippians 2 of how Jesus gave up his rights as God and became man and dwelt among us. And that my attitude of um, being a rebel, going to the beat of my own drummer, was, was my own making and not something that was like Jesus. And so for about two years, I put into the um, practice the discipline of surrender and submission. And that meant going, uh, you know, traveling the the real speed limit according to the signs. And when there was a rule at Moody that I normally wouldn't follow, I submitted myself to that. And each time I did that, I found the Lord stirring up in me my own rebellious spirit, my own um, need to kind of do my own thing. And that became a place of confession, repentance. And um, at the end of those two years, I found myself different, um, not boring, not, uh, you know, mealy mouth, but more alive to becoming like who Jesus is. You talk about character qualities. What's the difference between that and personality? Because I could see how in the beginning of the journey, somebody said, that's just who I am. Right. Character qualities are things like courage, love, 
um, compassion, um, patience, um, long-suffering. We're talking about qualities in you that, um, and again, backing to the model of Jesus, who he, who he was. Um, forgiveness. Whereas personality is, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert, um, I don't like people, I like people. Um, you know, this is where we often define ourselves as that, but we have to be careful that we're always looking at Jesus, who is our model as to where we're going and who we're becoming. And if and as soon as we move away from that, saying, well, this is just who I am, we've defined ourselves by our own little kingdom and not the kingdom of God. Nancy, can you explain how is it that uh, daily disciplines, when it comes to our soul, can transform what we were talking about in terms of our character? Um, yes. I think that um, if I put into the, the discipline of, of uh, silence, and it's part of what we practice in the second year of our program, if I put that discipline in where I, I for a period of time during the day, um, I'll withhold my speech and I'm quiet and I um, allow that time to be a time of prayer or listening more intently to other people. What starts getting trained in me is a discipline of learning to wait and not be so quick to speak. And so if I have an issue with gossip or I have an issue with um, saying things that are inappropriate or impulsive, the discipline of silence puts in place a control mechanism that I'm now becoming much more thoughtful as in terms of how I respond. I'm thinking twice and three times before I'm quick to say that criticism about someone or gossip. It's a very real-time transformation that I think we miss if we don't apply some of these disciplines. It would seem to me that one of the prerequisites of really digging into these spiritual disciplines is a full acceptance of our own depravity. So how do people get there who are still on the train of like, wow, I've been, I'm sanctified now. I've been saved for so long. I think that that's the, the deception of our culture, that if there's no problem, there's no problem. That yeah. if, if I don't have any conflict with anybody in my life, if I'm just going along, well, then what's the problem? But um, there's a cost to following Jesus. And we have to ask ourselves that serious question, how much do we want to follow him? How much do we want to love him? And do we really love him with our all, our whole heart, soul, and mind? And for most of us, I think we would have to say, no, I love him as it's convenient, or I love him as it works for me. But that actual deeper following where he says to the rich man, one thing you lack, sell everything, and then come follow me, is a mandate for all of us. But I think we can. We live in an age where we can pick and choose what verses we want to feel comfortable with and which ones we would rather not deal with or really don't think they apply to us. And I think we're living in a time now where Christians are having to think, do the serious work of what am I really living for? How does one begin that journey to really start seeing those things that we're just skipping over because we don't really want to deal with the pain of it? I think a number of things. I think for one of the things I've had people do is sit down with the Ten Commandments and write them out and then ask the Lord in what ways are they breaking some of those laws. Like the very first one, you shall know have no other gods before me. What things have become idols in my life that have really become a mini God? Is it work? Is it pleasure? Is it food? Is it friendships? 
um, and allow the spirit to do the the examination ourselves to show us where we've gotten offline. We've lost our way to really following closely after Christ. As you mentioned, kind of that journey to realizing our own depravity. It touches on maybe what you've been saying for the last few weeks. I, I've been enjoying my time in solitude and, and learning more about contemplative prayer, but you're like, there's a point where it's not as enjoyable and it becomes harder and harder. Can you unpack mm-hmm. that a little bit? Well, it's the battle of the flesh and the spirit. I mean, in the flesh, why would I want to get up earlier in the morning to pray? I mean, my flesh will say, ah, sleep a little longer, you know, and the end of the day, you know, the end of things is not going to matter. But it goes to, um, I put my energy into what's really important. Mm. If if, um, spending time with friends is really important to me, then I will make it happen. Mm. Um, If um, uh, shopping is really important to me, I will make it happen. But I think that this is where the unseen world of, Um, the kingdom is harder because everything around us says, no, this is what's really important. Um, And so it does become harder to spend time in solitude when our flesh and the temptations of the world speak louder to us and say, really, it's not that you're not that bad. Like just, you know, don't, don't get too crazy about this type of stuff. When Jesus is saying it is the narrow way. So over the next couple of weeks, as we're doing this series with you again, uh, we're going to be going over some of these spiritual disciplines. And as I understand it, you've broken it down to four. Is that correct? There's actually uh, four. There's 12 of them, but we can Whoa. we can do as many or as little as we want. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still there's on the 12. journey? I, know. I feel like I'm already failing the assignment. <laughs> yeah, that was a pop quiz there that we oh, that see. you did. <laughs> so, so what are the 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 twelve? I'm going to use my fingers here. I only have ten, okay. but I'll I'll figure this out. <laughs> scripture meditation. So it's inward, outward, and corporate disciplines. Inward is scripture meditation, prayer, fasting, study. Outward is things that I do in my external world um, to help my internal world: simplicity, solitude, submission, service. And then corporate is confession. This is this one's I do with the body of believers: confession, worship guidance and celebration. That's 12. It sure I had was. to close all my fingers and then she do the next. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we can do four. You know, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I do have to ask though, the, you said confession is part of worship. Somebody's like, yeah. what? I know. Stand in front of the congregation. Listen, now y'all. Now it's Janelle's turn. Janelle, I know. Secret sins. <laughs> I Go know. ahead. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and and from the beginning of the um, Christian church, it has been a part of the worship together is a time of confession. Mm. Um, I think we've lost that and we need to recapture what that means. When I live among the body of Christ and I have said something against someone, I need to confess that to them. I need to have someone uh, in the leadership of the church that can hear my confessions and say and, and remind me. The blood of Christ has covered this, and I have been forgiven. And there's something very powerful about having the face of someone who can remind me that. I have a story that we can talk about 
when we get there of, um, in my own life, how confession has been so powerful. Yeah, you know, I, I have a strong memory uh, that where my wife and I went to a, a more high liturgical church for a number of years, and that really was a part of every worship service was a call and response corporate repentance. So mm-hmm. what are we missing, do you think, when we don't do that in many evangelical churches? Well, I think that we're, we're missing that need for um, redemption, you know, that if I'm not reminding myself that I am not loving God with all my heart, soul, and mind, I need a Savior. I need a Savior every minute of every moment of every day. It's too easy for me to walk away and just say, I'm fine. I don't really need anything to confess. And I think I've said this before in the programs. If it's been a while before you felt any need for confession, even personally in your own life, you have to ask yourself if you're really following Christ. Yeah. Now that you say that, in the class, one part of what we did in the last few weeks was there was a list of sins that was like, you know, look at this list and kind of pick the two or three that you struggle with and confess. And I looked at that list, Nancy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like the whole list. But when you said, you know, you got a question if you're following God, the closer you follow him, that list should get shorter, right? Yeah, that would be great. It, it would be great, but it's actually the reverse. The, the, the closer we get to him, the more we see our oh, um, our foibles, the, the more we see our weaknesses. I mean, yeah. it's, the, it's the reminder of Isaiah 6, where when he was ushered before the presence of the Lord, here is a prophet who is well-respected, well-known, eloquent, and he's brought before the presence of the Lord, and he is undone by his sin. And um, I think that's that's really what we're talking about here is that the more we see him the more we see what we're not Hmm. but we're all the more we're being formed in him paradoxically and yet so much of what we do in church seems to be striving to be better yeah to be sanctified (laughs) that's what i thought yeah well we talk about that but it's like talking about with a group of friends if i'm with a group of friends and i want we're all talking about oh i'm just i'm five pounds overweight or i'm 10 pounds overweight and Mm -hmm. And we all kind of commiserate over, you know, needing to lose weight, but then we walk away and none of us do anything. Hmm. I think it's, it, it feels good to talk about it. It feels kind of like, oh, well, that's a relief. Someone else is struggling with that. And, but then if I go home and, I don't know, I'm making this up, I eat a key lime pie, clearly it's not that important to me. Yeah. Although it tastes really good. It's my favorite pie. <laughs> 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 I understand you both. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I hate to say this, but time has run really short here. Again, Nancy Kane is not only a licensed clinical professional counselor, she's also program director for the Caritas Center for Christian Formation. I finally said it right, I think. Yeah, it's right? about time. Caritas? Yeah? Well, it's Caritas. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you tried, like, Brian. Like you Carrot tried. Toss. <laughs> Like, yeah, like Caritas. That's messed yeah. up. I've never said it right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, Janelle is in the program and she loves it. We'd encourage oh, you yes. to check it out as well. And we'll get kind of a sneak preview over the next few weeks as we go through these these disciplines. Huh, my friend? Yes, sounds wonderful. Can't wait. Caritas. <laughs> Caritas. Oh. Car- <laughs> what? I'll work on it, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> You're on, you're on the path. You're on the path. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of the four <laughs> weeks, I'll be there. God bless you, sister. Thanks so much. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So go ahead. Look down. 
hit that button right there and subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star rating. Hello. You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Download the Moody Radio mobile app, and you're able to connect with us. Or just go to brianandjanelle.org. And listen, we didn't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.